Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special championship edition of the Ninth State Sports Show. Uh, my name is Joe Marcellina, and joining me once again, Dairy Field AD and Boys Lacrosse Coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing? Doing all right, Joe. A little sleep deprived. We missed you last <laughs> week, though, uh, or last last episode, though. But uh, yeah, for as you said, for good reasons. Uh, welcome, welcome to a baby daughter into the world, and uh, you know, thrilled. Uh, got it. Got a got a new got a new daughter and uh, and got a and got a W all in the same uh, forty eight hours. Yeah, so it was a pretty it was a pretty good start to the week. Yeah, uh, congratulations, and I, I'm sure I, I speak for the rest of the uh, lacrosse community in that too, saying congratulations uh, and such exciting news. Um, yeah, like I said the other day, it's uh, you know you're you're I suppose you're allowed to miss podcasts for the for the birth of a child. That's um, that's going to be on the list of. Uh, excused absences <laughs> i you know i thought we already did one remote location this year when we were at disney i thought you know going to doing a remote at the hospital might that probably, might be too much for one yeah, year yeah that probably be, too much yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well glad but now to... i gotta brush up uh i gotta brush up on the on the girl's side of lacrosse now right. I, gotta, I gotta get my gotta get make sure my rules are in order excellent so. uh yeah i'm glad to have you back and and a big thanks again to, to alex hall for filling in um he did know, a great job yeah, he did an excellent job um yeah, we'll we'll have to have him. We'll have to have him back. And I think we did that during the pandemic, didn't we? We had him on, uh, did kind of a we did uh, a look ahead show. But we'll have to do that again sometime. Um, but uh, yeah, today we are going to talk about the uh, the upcoming boys lacrosse championships. Take a look back at the semis uh, from earlier this week as well. Uh, as always, you can send questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail .com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at NHHS Sports. And uh, next week, we'll uh, we'll stop messing with your uh, your podcasting schedule here, and we'll be back to Thursday mornings uh, on nh-highschoolsports.com. Uh, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up uh, in two weeks. Next week, we'll we'll um, put a big bow on the championship games. Uh, spend the show talking about those, and then the week after, we'll do. A look back at the entire season and then uh, take a few minutes to look ahead to uh, 2023, which I feel like um, who doesn't love it? Who doesn't love a way too early? Look <laughs> ahead to 2023. A way too. I think we've got some other things to hash out uh, about next year, too. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of changes coming up. Uh, but we'll yeah, so we'll get into that in a couple weeks um, today, talking about the championship games. And before we get into that, uh, let's take a moment to tell you about our sponsors. The presenting sponsor of the Ninth State Sports Show is Roger Howe of the Bean Group. Are you thinking of selling your home? Now may be the time. Just like the weather, the market is hot and interest rates remain at all-time lows. It's time to call Roger Howe, a licensed professional realtor with the Bean Group. Not sure what your home is worth? Roger will provide a market analysis for you at no charge. With 12 years of experience in residential, commercial, leasing, and investment properties, Roger knows your local market. Contact Roger Howe of the Bean Group at 800 450 7784 or 603 247 1583, or you can email him at roger at rhowrealestate.com. The Ninth State Sports Show is also proudly sponsored by Prolax Customs. Located in Bedford, Prolax Customs wants to make your stick as unique as the way you play the game. It is the place to go in southern New Hampshire for custom dyed lacrosse heads or guys if you need a stick string. And before we get into crunch time, you need to contact Joe. To learn more, visit them online at prolaxcustoms.com. And you can find them on Facebook and Instagram or email prolaxlacrosse at gmail.com. All right. Uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of playoff action the last couple days. Uh, been a very, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. We go, 
uh, for seven weeks. We, we run through the season here. Uh, lots of games, lots of stuff going on. And then I feel like we slam on the brakes real hard. Everything's kind of put on, you know, it, everything stops for about 10 days, it feels like. And then, and then we're done in another 10 days. Uh, it's just a, a whirlwind time of year, um, trying to keep everything straight. So we're gonna we're gonna hash through some things. How do you, how do you handle it as a coach? How do you you know you got all that time off and then you got to ramp right back up again for for a pretty quick finish? Well, we actually, you know, Joe, uh, I I've definitely evolved as a coach over the last ten years, and uh, we did something very uncharacteristic for me. We took the day off on Wednesday and we went and saw Top Gun Maverick. We we. Uh, <laughs> We said, uh, you know what, we had spent a lot of energy on Tuesday and we looked at it and we go, you know what, we put we put a lot in this season. Uh, we still got a job to do on Sunday, but, uh, you know, we needed a rest and recovery day. And we thought, you know what, if we're rested and we're mentally into it and we come back over the next three days, we're going to have plenty of time to do what we need to do to uh, to get ready for Sunday. So we took the approach of. Uh, Rested and energized is going to be uh, is as as important as anything that we would have installed yesterday. So that that was the approach that we took. Was it right? Time will tell. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out on Sunday. And out. Um, so yes, of course, championship games this year are on Sunday, June twelfth, uh, back at Exeter, uh, Bill Ball Stadium for all three games. Uh, very pumped about that. I you know I. I this is one of my favorite days on the calendar. Um, you know, just just getting to be out there, watching um, what is usually three really great games, and um, you know, love to be in one place to do it. Uh, and you know what else I really, you know, I was I was starting to feel a little sad too, though, that this is the last, um, you know, will be the last day of the spring sports season, the last lacrosse games. But then I realized too, this is this is weird. Sunday is literally on the nose. Two months until the start of uh, football practices in the fall. So, you know, I got a little sad, but then I saw that and I was like, oh, I can make it those two months. I'll be good. You got it. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so the Division One. let's start with Division One. Um, you know, you look at um, – you, you had the, their semifinals on Wednesday. Uh, you know, top four – or I was excuse me, I almost, almost said the top four seeds because I'm so used to Pinkerton being – one of those seeds, but no, we had actually a six-seeded Pinkerton in the semifinals. I don't know the last time that the six seed in Division One, if if it's ever happened, has gotten to the semifinals. Uh, I would tell you it was probably it was probably went on their run. I got to look back through there, but I I want to say Coach Cameron in twenty was it two thousand four or two thousand five. Where where they were a lower they had gotten in as a six or a seven really and, okay uh, all, yeah. um, that may have been the last time one of the last times it happened was, uh, for all the talk that we had about parity and uh, <laughs> potential upsets we had a few but it basically went to chalk in a tournament I, uh, yeah I did, that, you know, did for all the craziness that happened during the regular season uh, that the seeds kind of held up throughout here. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did have that thought about how we talked about that in the uh, the playoff preview last week to uh, to be ready for for some uh, possible upsets. And then we we had uh, we had a couple pretty big ones, but but not as many I would think as we we thought. Of course, the biggest uh, big one in Division One being um, at least going by seeds, Pinkerton's win over Nashua South. Uh, they played Bishop Girton in the semis. First time since 2012 that they played in a semifinal. Uh, a lot of and pretty much. In between that, it was all championship game matchups. Um, 
you know, it was funny. I, I got out to that game just as it was starting, uh, stayed for the first half. And, uh, you know, Alex and I joked on, on uh, earlier in the week that that semifinal 10 years ago was a 3-2 to two Bishop Girton win. And for a minute there, I, uh, I, I thought we might have something similar. It was a 1-1 game for most of the first quarter. BG scored two late, got up 3-1, was 3-2 uh, into the second quarter. And then BG scored a couple of quick ones at the end of the half to make it 6-2. And that's when I, I had to leave to get to the, the girls' final. Uh, but then I checked Twitter, and it's uh, an 8-6 game going into the fourth quarter. I was going to say it was 8-6 going yeah. into the fourth, right? Yeah. yeah, it was an 8-6 game going into the fourth. And I thought, wow, that is uh, – that's pretty eye-opening. Uh, but I guess – I mean, it, it kind of just looks like Pinkerton ran out of gas, and, and BG was able to pull away in that fourth. Yeah, so you know, we we were talking before about how we were wondering if if the blueprint had already been shown uh, during the regular season by Bedford, you know, how to kind of slow down Bishop Girton, right? Bishop Girton wants to play that running gun style. They want to play the make it take it, you know, uh, you know, quick goal, JJ Murphy face off, get the ball back, make it take it kind of thing. And you know, I I think Pinkerton was smart in the fact, you know, they played him straight up in the regular season. Uh, you know, Cole did not have a great day. Uh, during the regular season. And I, I think Coach Goudreau knew that he had to throw something at them that, you know, w- was going to throw them off their game, make them think. We talked about how you've got to make them think and and not just play reaction lacrosse, right? And they were they started to doubt themselves a little bit. Um, you know, Pinkerton always has really good athletes, um, you know, and, and they're able to play good defense. And, and so for three quarters, they did that, but you would spend an awful lot of energy doing that. Um, and it's a Pinkerton team that, has had a lot of injuries throughout the season, you know, and, and when you keep coming at them after wave after wave with guys, you know, even the best defenses are going to break down. Um, but, you know, I, I think coach Goudreau overall has to be really happy with the season. I mean, he does lose some good seniors this year. I mean, obviously Riley Spellman, um, Braden Bork was a good midi for them. Um, but, you know, they return an awful lot. Kyle yeah, Zern on yeah, defense is graduating, but they, they return an awful lot of guys next year. Yeah, both both goalies, um, a lot of their uh, other attack, um, some really good middies too, you know. And then you mentioned you mentioned Cole Frank, and uh, you're right in that in that uh, regular season game. I think that was part of what was so tough for Pinkerton was they were so used to having the ball every single time, uh, and then all of a sudden they don't have it. But you look at yesterday, and uh, it was uh, it was sixty forty uh, to JJ, um, you know. So a huge turnaround uh, for, for Cole there. And, and that's, you know, it, it's, it's a bummer to lose. And, and, and I'm sure, you know, it'll be tough for those guys um, that are graduating, but you look at that, that stat there um, has got to be, I mean, if you'd have told coach Goudreau going in, you know, that, that you were going to get 40%. Um, I mean, it's given the way it went in the regular season, that's got to be, I would think a positive. Yeah, absolutely. And a big reason why it was eight, six going into the third quarter, you know, you play a zone like that. That's, that's the other problem is if you're going to play a zone, you know, once you fall behind, the clock is now on the side of the team that, that is getting the zone throw at them, right. They get, you get any type of a lead. That's, you know, that's what I had to teach my guys when, when we first started moving up to division two and we would see a lot of zones is that, you know, if you get a lead, if you're up by three, four, five goals and the other team wants to throw a zone at you, fine. You move the ball around. You let that clock keep ticking, right? But when you can win face off, when you can win face offs, you can stay in that zone a little bit longer because you're going to get some possessions. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think Coach Goudreau's got to be really happy with that effort. Obviously, he's a he's a competitive guy and, and wanted to win that game. 
But, you know, that's a great springboard for Cole going into next year, arguably coming in as probably the top top uh, faceoff guy in Division One. Um, I know Paulo Vasquez is, is, is coming from uh, Hillsborough Deering, and he will be going to Bishop Girton next year. Yeah. But uh, but I believe Cole, you know, right now, I would, I would say Cole is the premier faceoff guy in Division One next year. And, um, you know, he will he will uh, help help them, you know, springboard them into contention again next year. Well, that'll, those will be some fun matchups then. Uh, those will be those some fun matchups. Yep. Uh, you know, and, and I got to think, you know, for Bishop Girton, this is maybe maybe best case scenario for them too. I mean, they were in a, it's, they're in a game going into the fourth quarter. And, and I know at times Coach Cameron has, has kind of wondered, you know, how are these guys going to handle adversity? You know, they, they had that uh, hiccup a couple of weeks ago against Acton Boxborough, and, and they bounced back from that one. Um, you know, they, they get a close game here, have to – pull it out in the fourth quarter um you know got a pretty uh even scoring across the board you know tim kiley with three and one connor bouvier two and three brady dumont and jacob karen two each so i mean it was pretty you know pretty even evenly distributed um I, so i would think a lot of stuff there for him that um coach cameron that, that he likes going into uh the championship game I couldn't agree more, and that's what when Coach and I text each other, that's that's what I text him back. I said I think it's actually a, a positive for his group, right? If you blow out Pinkerton, these guys are going in the championship game with their head in the clouds, thinking, you know, we've got this thing, we're rolling right now. Now, you know, you got a nice win, you had to grind for it a little bit, and you found a way to execute, and you did it at a high level when you needed to, and so now you've you've got that experience going into, you know, in theory you're not going to let a team like Exeter sneak up on you now, you know, not that Exeter wasn't a good, good team to begin with, but now it's even, you're even more focused going in there knowing, okay, if we don't play our best, we're vulnerable. Right. And that's, that's been, we've seen that story before. And it's a, it's a scary one when, when you're not focused going into that championship game, which I I think they will be now. Yeah. Yeah. And then you look at what Exeter did on the, you know, in the late game, Um, you know, they, they beat Londonderry 15 to six. You know, it was it was interesting. Uh, we Alex and I talked about this was um, in in Exeter's win over Concord, and I think I texted you this too as it was happening. You know, they got up nine two on Concord in the first half. I go to look at the scorebook, and uh, I look at Aiden Drunzik's line there in the book, and there's nothing written next to his name under goals and assists. They put up you know to put up nine goals in the first half of a playoff game and and get nothing from from uh, from Drunzik was was surprising to me. Uh, you know, he, he had a nice second half in that game, finished with four goals, had another four and three, um, against, uh, against, uh, geez, against Londonderry, excuse me. Um, you know, and then looking overall at, at, at what they did, they did, they had, uh, let me see, I'm going to try to do some quick math here, which is almost always dangerous. They had 15 goals, <laughs> <laughs> 15 goals and, and 10 assists yesterday. Uh, which is, um, I, you know, it's kind of like, in a way, that's another uh, similarity to basketball. You always like to see, uh, you know, a lot of assists on your goals, I would think. Absolutely. When I get, you know, that's, when I look at our box at the end of the game, uh, when I look in the book, I, I want to I see that the majority of our goals are assisted, right? Because when you play good teams, you, you're not going to get a lot of uncontested, you know, alley dodges and, and one-on-ones and things like that you need good team offense where where the ball's moving at all times and it's touching a lot of different sticks throughout the game um so yeah that that's a really good sign for exeter too as well um you know and the other thing too is they had uh six guys six different guys score goals drunzik with four gavin lechner and adam neal with three oh excuse me and and matt denman with three uh owen williams got in there um you know so i i think this this is 
a matchup of, you know, I think depth, you, you, you maybe give the edge to BG, but in terms of when, you know, Exeter's offense is out there, BG's offense is out there, both teams have, uh, you know, four, five, maybe even six guys that, that you you got to worry about. Uh, if you leave them alone, maybe they can do some damage. This is one where I'd love to see Exeter have a true Fogo on their team because I think, you know, the, the like you said, you know, you look at Bishop Girton, they've got a lot of guys that hit the box score every single game, five, six guys. Exeter can do the same thing. It, it's going to come down to possessions. You know, and then I'm interested to see, okay, do you put a kid like Tanner Smith up in the faceoff circle and you try and neutralize J.J. in that way? Do you at least make him work for it, tire him out a little bit? You don't let him pinch and pop and go forward. Um, you know, I think they're going to have to do something like that. Uh, um, I did not get to see the first the first round match between these guys during the regular season, so I don't know what the faceoff circle looked like, but I did see them do that against Portsmouth, so it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, if I saw, you know, Tanner Smith or someone up there in the in the faceoff circle trying to neutralize JJ, you know what? I did see it, and I honestly can't. It's been a month or at least, so I, <laughs> I, can't. I am lucky. I remember last week's game at this point. Now, um, you know, to be no, to be honest though, a lot of times, you know, goal scored. I'm writing it down in my notebook. I'm I'm tweeting out a score, and and sometimes I completely even miss the faceoff, and you know, I see who gets the ball, and that's about it. Um, but I feel like, you know, when I when I saw, you know, like against Concord the other day, um, they were rotating a couple guys in there. Um, I want to say, you know, you mentioned uh, Smith being in there. I believe he was in the mix. I think I want to say Cole Hiles was in there as well. I know there was a, a couple kids wearing uh, numbers in the 20s um, taking faceoffs as well. I think he was in there um, against Concord. Just kind of it looked, you know, just to kind of mix it up, get different guys in there. Um you know, but yeah, that's going to be the biggest thing for them is, is how are they, you know, but, but they've done it all year. They've had, they, they've won now, you know, been able to win 19 games, go 19 and one with not having a, a, you know, a real edge on, on faceoffs. Yep. I mean, they've got to have some confidence knowing that, Hey, we beat an Acton Boxborough team that was able to beat Bishop Girton. Right. And so at the end of the day, you know, that the, that the, the sleep, you know, that the giant is vulnerable there. They've got they've got some they've got some weaknesses. They've got some weak spots. How much stock do you put into the fact that um, this is BG versus Exeter in a championship game at Exeter? Is that an issue? Uh, I don't because I think both teams will travel. I think both teams will travel well. I think I've seen Bishop Girton always brings a fan section, a, a student section. Uh, you know, there there will be half the, you know, think about the number of times you saw Pinkerton and Bishop Girton in the finals. Yeah. Um, you know, is there, do you maybe have a little chip on your shoulder if you're Bishop Girton saying, you know, well, the championships used to be at Stellos and it was always oh, a home field advantage. So they moved it. And now you're playing at somebody else's home field advantage. Sure. Use that, I guess. Right. You know, but at the end of the day, there's going to be a crowd there for both teams um, that, you know, there's going to be a nice loud crowd for both teams when, when one team makes, you know, I mean, I, I used to really enjoy the student sections for Bishop Girton and, and Pinkerton were epic. They, they turned out in force and I can't imagine it's not going to be that way uh, this, this Sunday for, for the nightcap here too. So yeah. I, you know, maybe does, does Exeter get to play their music, you know, before the game? I don't know. Maybe. Right. You know, <laughs> you know? Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think and I don't think it's going to make any difference. They both play on turf. Um, the bounces will be similar. I'm more interested to see who, who starts in net for, for Exeter. Do you go with Burnich? Do you go with Tapman? Um, you know, I, that, I think that's an interesting uh, subplot to this thing, too. Both have played well at times. 
I think Burnich has played in a few of the few more of the bigger games this season. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what, what happens. He did, he did start uh, the regular season game against BG. He started against Portsmouth. Um, and he played uh, – he was starting against – he played against Concord and, and against uh, Londonderry. So I would have – I would have sounds like they made – sounds like they've kind of made their decision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's played he's played really well too when I've when I've seen it when he's had to um, some games yep. some games he hasn't had to as much but but when he's had to he's been he's been able to step up um, yeah so that game is Sunday at seven thirty uh, that'll be interesting too is you know a lot of, and a lot of times you play those games on Saturday you run into conflicts with baseball and softball uh, and and boys volleyball finals all on the same day graduations graduation parties. Just there's so much going on this time of year, but I think the Sunday games. I think I, I I don't know. We might see maybe even bigger crowds than we're used to. I think because of I that. think potentially we will because I think one of the reasons that it was moved to a Sunday is because of because of the school different schools graduations and things like that. I know uh, I believe I believe Bishop Girton's already graduated. Yeah, they have, I know yeah. Gary Fields already graduated. There's a few different teams that have already graduated that are playing in the finals, but. In general, it should, in theory, free up, uh, you know, most people to be able to come to the games. You know, if you're if you're religious and a church going person, you've already you've already fulfilled that duty for the day <laughs> and uh, you got your afternoons free and ready to go see some lacrosse. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't start till two thirty with the D3 yep. game. So you got plenty of time. Go go in the yep. morning and, and you you'll, you'll be good. Uh, all right. So um, oh. anything, any other thoughts? You know, we talked about the, the other three teams, you know, any any final thoughts on Londonderry? You know, a good good season for Coach Sampson and his group came up a little bit short of where they wanted to be. I mean, he said in the beginning of the year, right in his preview, he said yep, he yep. felt like he had a team that could compete for the championship. And there were times during the season where it didn't look like it. And then they kept getting better and better. They went on a big winning streak. And here they are in the final four again. You know, and so yeah. uh, another another good job by by Coach Sampson and his group. Yeah, pr- pro- proved a lot of us wrong. I mean, I did not, I did not share his feelings. I did not think that they were a Final Four team, um, and they and they got there. Um, yeah, like you said, they went on that long run. They figured it, uh, you know, towards the end of the year. I think it was like ten out of twelve to finish the year. Um, you know, they just they they there's there's just that they get to this point, and it, and it just feels like they need. You know, one more guy maybe on offense and one more guy maybe on defense just kind of get them over that hump. Um, you know, it, it just feel it's – and I know they have a lot of guys that it's tough for them to kind of do some of the offseason stuff, get into the indoor stuff, and because I feel like they have a lot of guys that play other sports as well, which is great. Great to see the multi-sport athletes, but um, I think they need maybe like one or two like just lacrosse guys to maybe kind of get them over that. Yeah, you know, Joe, I, I look at their roster, and every year they have a really large senior class, right? And they have a lot of multi-sport athletes, but you're right. I think I think the key for them is to have a few more guys like like a, a Josh DiFerenzo or a Jesse Morin where maybe their, their primary sport is lacrosse, right? You've got Colby Walden, who's kind of specializing as their goaltender right now that, that plays club. Um, you know, a few more of those guys, and, and I think they are. I think they're ready to, to make an Exeter-like jump to the finals because the numbers are always good. Their youth program is really strong, um, you know, and for as many as many seniors as they're going to graduate this year, I'm looking at the juniors they got coming back next year, and they're going to have an equally equally as large senior class next year. You know, even you said that it is a big senior class, but even by their standards, it's not as big as it usually is. So that's might be a little bit of an encouraging sign is that they're going to have a, a lot of guys back that probably that got, you know, got some playing time. I look at, you know, guys like uh, Kyle McPhail, 
Um, you know, I know D- Dylan Risley is a standout uh, in football as well, uh, a great athlete for them. And then you mentioned Walden, um, getting him in there and, and able to play as a freshman, um, that's that's big. You know, so, yeah, they are going to have some guys back that they can, you know, they, they may be able to hit the ground running a little bit more than, than they have in years past. I tell you what, I wish I could graduate 10 seniors and not have that be, <laughs> uh, not be a large, large group. But you're right. They've got two, three, four, five, six, seven – eight, nine, 10, they get 11 juniors. So you're going to have, you're going to have an 11, uh, 11 man senior class next year. Uh, if, if other kids don't come back out again. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, that they'll, they'll have plenty of senior leadership again next year. Yeah. Uh, well the, uh, that's the D one game again, seven thirty Sunday night, uh, the game before it in division two, uh, five o'clock start. And we, we were saying this uh, earlier in the week, too, is is these times, um, you know, I know sometimes with semifinals and all that, y- you get bumped around. But these times are usually pretty right on. This is this day usually runs pretty smoothly. Uh, it, it, so it shockingly it shockingly has. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's good because I, I'm I got to look it up for my own for my own uh, uh, logistics on that day. But I want to say we get 25 minutes on the field. And the clock starts ticking pretty quick, um, so it's uh, it's a quick warm it's a quick warm up that day, and so they're able to keep things on on track pretty yeah. pretty well. Yeah, they they uh, the semis on uh, girls semis this past Saturday uh, moved pretty well too. We had a, a you know we we're in and out of there in between. We were able to do interviews, you know, and had a had a little bit of time, um, you know, before the next one started. So yeah, they they were they've been doing a, a nice job with that at least, uh, getting people in and out. Uh, but anyway, so the uh, the D two game, uh, a couple familiar faces here too. Um, of course, you got your your Dairyfield boys taking on uh, Portsmouth, uh, one and two seeds in the division, uh, <laughs> in a division where we said uh, don't expect the chalk to to make it to the semifinals, and uh, well, wouldn't you know, it was very chalky uh, with all four top seeds getting there. Not gonna um, say, not gonna say I was upset by that. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I will admit, I will admit, I thought I, I did not think that, that the top four seeds would get to the semifinals. I was hoping I would be one of the top four seeds that would get there. But, uh, you know, it was it was definitely a weird year in Division two this year uh, where there were where there were a lot of movement. And it, it, it showed in the poll in your yeah. poll each week. Yeah. You know, there were a lot of teams that would move up and down pretty quickly um, based on what they did the week before. Well, you know, you say it's a, it was an odd year and, and, you know, with so many teams beating each other, but maybe that's just what the oddness is, is that, that we get to this point and everything holds to form. Um, there you go. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, like exactly. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have predicted Timberlane beating St. Thomas by nine goals in the quarterfinals. And I wouldn't have predicted Portsmouth beating Timberlane by, by 14 goals in the, in the semis. Like I just did not see that coming. Um, you know, Wyndham Winnicott was a, a great quarterfinal game, um, like we expected, and and it, it went Wyndham's way. I, I, which it did in the regular season too. And then, you know, after the you know you played Wyndham in the regular season, and it was a, an eight goal game. Um, you know, and and I I saw the first half of of that game, and it looked like, or I should say, the first quarter and a half. Um, and when I left, it looked like yeah, you guys were rolling. Um, and then sure enough, Wyndham comes back and and makes it interesting. They did. They played. Uh, they played really well. They played tough. Uh, they never gave up. Uh, Alex Ryan, incredible, incredible game for him. Uh, scored six of their eight. Scored six of their eight goals. 
you know, basically put it, put his team on his back and, and tried to will his way to the, to the championship game, uh, did really well. Um, you know, uh, what else can I, what else can I say about that? Jackson Milano played really well in net senior. Um, you know, I, w- I was impressed with guys like Patrick Furtado on defense, um, Andrew Trudell on defense, only a sophomore played, played very, very well. Um, it's a team that, um, they, they may have to rebuild a little bit coming into next year. They do lose, they do lose a lot. It is a large, especially for division yeah, two, yeah. a very large senior class. Um, but you know, they had, they had a great season. One that I, I know that they, they wanted to take a step further, um, you know, watching them play indoor all winter, they were super focused. This was a team that was hungry. Um, and you know, they, they kept getting better and better. It was a team that was maybe a little off. I, I, not in my opinion, but like in the coaches poll, it seemed like people were kind of waiting on them for a little bit and they proved everybody wrong throughout the season. They, they, they were, they kept getting better and better each week. Um, we saw they had that, right. They had that four game stretch in there where they, where they had to, uh, where they had to really prove themselves. Yeah, I, I think, and that's and that's where we saw them kind of dip. I mean, they were building up, and like you said, getting into the poll, and then they had that stretch losing three of four. And I honestly, I was kind of like, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe maybe this team isn't going to be kind of where we thought they were. And then they finished off the year strong uh, with some big wins coming down the stretch. Um, you know, and, and, and I think maybe, um, yeah, you mentioned them wanting to go a little bit further. They may be kind of in the, a team similar in a way to to Londonderry, as as they just need that kind of extra umph to get over that hump and get into the into the championship game. Um, you know, and and yeah, I just counted while you were talking there, fifteen seniors that they're going to lose uh, from this year's team, which you know, a school of Londonderry size, um, you know, a little easier to absorb, I think, than maybe a a school of of you know, not that Wyndham's that much smaller, but but they're smaller enough, I think. Um, you know, that they're going to have to, they'll maybe drop back a year and then cycle through, you know, with another great group of kids. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned Alex Ryan. Um, I was, you know, like I said, I was there for, for a couple of goals early. Um, and he had, I think the first one that he had, uh, just an absolute laser that, um, one of those, it's like blink and, and you missed it. Um, you know, I don't know how you, you get a shot off that quick. Um, but it was, it was something and, um, yeah, he was, he's fun to watch. Gonna, gonna miss, uh, seeing him. Yeah, Joe, trust me. I had a front row seat to, to Alex Ryan throughout that game. I know exactly the goal you were talking about. Uh, the first one he shot, I mean, from the time his, his vision to the time it hit the back of, back of the net, uh, incredibly quick wrist strength on that, um, that goal. He knew exactly the spot where he was on the field and it was off hip on the goalie. He couldn't hit the corner much better than it, than it did. Um, you know, I know he, he's a special player. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to miss seeing him play next year. Probably you included. I think he was a really fun <laughs> one for for you to get to watch yeah. over the last couple of years, but, uh, you know, you won't have to, you won't have to go too far to watch him play. He's got a bright future down at Bentley and, uh, very excited to watch, watch him continue play. Yeah. Um, did he, uh, you know, I mean, if he, if you're going to shoot a shot like that right in front of the opposing bench, in front of the opposing coach, I mean, did he at least turn around and like maybe give you like a little stare down or, or anything? He, he, he might, <laughs> he might have, but I, I was too bit, I was too busy looking down at my shoes at that point. He had, uh, he, he kind of put me in my place at that point if he did. And, and you know what? If he, if he did stare me down, he deserved to yeah, at that point yeah. with that kind of shot. Uh, um, so, you know, you know, hats off, hats off to Alex. <laughs> 
You know, you mentioned um, Jackson Milano too, and 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 we talked. Uh, Alex and I talked a little bit about him earlier in the week, just how he's really improved as a goalie over the last uh, last two seasons. You know, he was split in time a year ago. Um, you know, was coming into the second half of games, and he he. he you know he's athletic. He's a uh, you know a football guy. He's going to UNE to play football next year. Um, you know, so he's he's certainly an athlete. But this year he looked like much more of a goalie uh, as opposed to a football kid playing goalie. Um, you know, and and really seemed to be kind of their um, you know uh, the guy that got them up on defense. Um, you know, at times just with some of his saves, and and yeah, I just I I love to see guys you know. You, where you can see them improve like that over the, the course of their high school careers, I think it's it's a lot of fun to watch, and and you know I, I hope he, you know I, again disappointing to lose, but I hope um, all those guys actually are, are are proud of what they were able to accomplish this year. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean Jackson's definitely one. I I thought he was one of the better goalies in the league this year. Um, you know, like you said, super athletic. Uh, you know, really good in the clearing game. Uh, very good at low bounce shots. Um, and it, and you know, it's football's tough because there is spring ball, but like if, if you and he was open to it, he could definitely, he could definitely help them. Yeah. Um, he, he could be a goalie for them very easily. He'd oh, be a two sport be, guy for them. That would be interesting. Yeah. Can't so, be a lot of guys all depends. That... Yeah. All depends on the flexibility <laughs> and how much, yeah. how much spring ball is going on yeah. up there. And then, uh, the other semifinal, um, Man, I, I just it, it sounds like Timberlane had chances early and then just couldn't capitalize and then Portsmouth just you know ran away with it. Um is that kind of what you saw? It felt like a ser- it felt like it, exactly what you said. It just felt like it kind of snowballed. Uh you know, Timberlane actually was able to win the the opening faceoff. Uh they came down, ran some great sets. Ethan Gary got a step on his guy was was able to as, as I saw in our game multiple times. Uh, got over the top of his guy, had a full head of steam to the goal and just bounced one wide. Uh, they had a couple other opportunities, you know, weren't able to put it in the back of the net, go down the other way. And uh, they had worked that hard. And all of a sudden, Mike O'Neill gets behind, somehow gets behind the defenders, comes in and is able to able to score one on one with the goalie. Um, and then they just it slowly started to trickle away. Um Nick Smith in the face-off circle was able to was able to figure out what Timberlane was trying to do and was able to pop a couple forward. Um, you know, it, it just it kept yeah, it just felt like they couldn't get Timberlane just couldn't get a stop on on defense there. Um, you know, Brady Marston's had a, had a hell of a season again. I you know personally, I thought he was one of the top goalies in the league this year, um, if not the best goalie in the league this year. And, and he just he was a little bit off. They they did a really nice job of. Um, of placing shots on him in that game and, um, you know, made him work for every save. Yeah. Just, um, really, um, tough way to see a team go out. Um, that's, that's really been on the rise the last couple of years in Timberlane. Um, you know, and, and, and a team that, that loses, um, quite a few guys, uh, both on, on both ends. Um, um, they do, they do, but they return, they were, you know, their defense is going to be strong. You know, Brady's coming back again next year. You got uh, you got the little shivel coming back uh, on defense. Um, uh, Jake Manning's coming back. Uh, they do lose Cole Newman. Uh, they've got Alex Sweets. Um, I, I think the biggest hit that gets taken is you know you're losing you, you you're losing Ethan Gary uh, and you're losing Eric George. You do bring back Braden yeah. Bowman, who had who had ten goals in, in their semifinal win. Um, so that's a nice piece to have coming back there. 
Um, you know, they lose Kyle Shaw at the midfield. It was a team that, you know, they, they went, when fully healthy, um, they were, they, they were a really, really strong team that, that ran into some injuries this year. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's another name coming up, uh, Michael Savage, who's a, who's a, a freshman midfielder for them this year. That's a kid that I think you're going to see a lot of in the coming years. Very, fr- be a very familiar good... name to, to anybody that's followed along uh, the last exactly. couple years. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, um, I, I think a kid like Austin Charest, you can, you can see him step up next year, Austin Patnode. Um, they, they've got some guys coming back. And so I, I don't think this is going to be like all of a sudden you go from competing for a title to – you know, do they make the playoffs? I, I think this is a this is another, you know, final four contending team again next year. You know, another guy too to, to kind of keep an eye on. I don't know if he played it all this year or not, but Dan Post, um, I know I remember in, in his preview, yep. Coach Blaska was uh was lamenting the fact that he had a football injury that he was still battling. Um so if that was a guy that that, that you know they didn't have for most of the year, uh he comes back. Um just a tremendous athlete, uh midfielder. Uh, or he was listed as a midfielder this year. Um, that's a, a would be a huge gain huge as well to have a guy like that back. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, so, well, how? Um, I mean, I don't you know, not don't want you to give any away any secrets here, but um, I mean, here we are again, Derryfield Portsmouth uh, round. Uh, is this this is the third championship game, right? First time in a couple years, but uh, but third championship and. Um, and it's going to look a little bit differently because you guys are going to be in the uh, the road unis. We will be in the road unis this year. Yes, uh, first time. Yeah, you know, uh, in the past, I think it's been it's been reversed where where we've been the one and they've been the two seed yeah. uh, in there. So, yep, a little bit different there. But uh, again, you know, I I think it's it's two teams that are that are you know they they've been pretty consistent all season long um, in terms of the high level of play. You saw them you saw them travel to Exeter. And uh, you know, nearly knock off you know the, the team that's fighting for a Division One championship there. So they they've been deserving of that top three ranking in the coaching pool all year long. Um, you know, my team super proud of where we've gotten. We dropped some games early. Um, you know, we we've, we've been building, we've been working to to get freshmen involved and and to build in some transfers and different guys that we've had that weren't on the team last year and build some chemistry. And, um, you know, I, I arguably feel like we're playing some of our best lacrosse at the time here. So I know a lot of teams out there are saying, you know, it's, it's, it's Portsmouth's championship and, uh, you know, Derry feels just along for the ride, but we're not going to hand it to them. We're going to, we're going to go out there and make them work for it. And so, uh, you know, excited, excited for Sunday, but it is a big test. They've, they've got a great team. You know, I, I, I've, uh, this team, you you look at Portsmouth. You said the consistency, and and that is, yeah, exactly what I think when I look at them too. And not just consistency. Have they had a bad game this year? I, I, I don't, don't feel like. I, I don't mean, feel if like they've had a game where you could point to it and say, "Eh, they were off." You, you know, know they, they they won, but it was ugly. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm you know maybe maybe um you look at some of their games that um you know they they had that game at Newburyport that was ten one during um I think right before vacation. Joe, they gave up one goal. I know, but they gave up one goal. But they, <laughs> the, but 10, 10 is their, you know, the only team to hold them to less was Exeter. They had nine. Fair um, enough. Only game that they had single digits, you know. And then you look at, given what happened um, in the semis, you look back at the Timberlane regular season game. That was a 10-4 game. Of course, they're also coming off that, that two days after playing Derry Field and then a couple days before playing Winnicunit. So, you know, maybe that was kind of a – a tough spot to be in, but yeah, 10, four game there. Um, 
you're you're right. Consistent, um, double digit goals every game. Like I said, except for that Exeter game, and that was the only game they gave up double digit goals uh, during the season. Um, Exeter got ten in that one. Uh, you guys had the next most nine um, in 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 your your twelve nine game. Um, you know, so if if uh, I'm I'm gonna you know if 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 we get, if I hear post game how these are a bunch of grinders again, I'm gonna call Chad on that. That's I I'm. They are officially not grinders anymore. <laughs> he's got more skill than he likes yes. to. Uh, he's got more skill on the roster than he likes to give away. Um, you know, it is. It's it's a good senior group this year. You know, led by guys like Dom Mulderry, Mike O'Neill, Dylan Rolfs, uh, Max Brown, Peter Wool. Um, you know, both their goaltenders, uh, Nick uh, Nate Amen and Skyler Michaelitis. Um, you know, they, they, they've got a good, they've got good senior leadership. Keegan, Keegan Myers, excellent, excellent defensive midfielder there. Um, you know, so some guys that they, they've got some underclassmen that, that maybe get, you know, a lot of recognition guys like Nick Smith facing off, um, you know, Zach Amend at the midfield, um, you know, but, but their senior class is, is really strong and, and a group that, uh, has, has stayed really, fo- and, and I think kept this group really focused throughout and, and makes them so dangerous. You know, I, I don't think they've allowed this group to have any, any, you know, down and they've got a lot of depth too. They've, they've been able to absorb, you know, some, some COVID and some injuries and things like that throughout the season. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned a bunch of guys and I mean, I think you probably could have kept going for at least three or four more names there. Just um, yeah. Just a, a, probably of the Portsmouth teams we've seen in the last half decade, maybe more. Um, I think this is probably, top to bottom the most talented um definitely the most depth and uh I'm, i would say I'm, it's definitely the most i would say it's definitely the most depth I've, I've i've had the experience of playing portsmouth where they where you've had some marquee names that you needed to shut down but it was like if we took care of those one or two guys then we knew we yeah. could kind of handle some of the other guys it's kind of like it's kind of like honestly some of the teams i've had in the past where it's kind of like pick your poison right uh you know who do you who do you want to try and shut down and then you know, with these guys, they all play so well together. So it is, it's going to take, I've, I've told my guys, it's going to take a, uh, it's going to take a perfect game and it's going to take a perfect effort. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm telling you, Joe, my guys believe they can do it and we're going to go out there and give them everything we can got. But uh, again, I, I know Portsmouth's going to be ready. And interesting too, you know, as much as you guys have, have been in the championship games, um, I don't, you don't have anybody on the roster that's, that's played in one, right? Uh, not for Dairyfield, no. no, no. Well, oh yeah, <laughs> kind of forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but a guy, a couple guys with experience, um, but but not not in uh, not in the maroon uh, and white and, uniforms. And you know, there. we do have we do have a lot of guys who who you know similar to Portsmouth. They do too. They have a lot of guys who who play club on the outside. So I don't think the moment the moment is not going to be too big for for either team. Um, you know, I think you're going to see some really good. I think you're going to see some really good lacrosse from both teams. Um, you know, and that's, I think you see the same thing on the, the Exeter and BG get side, you know, um, for a lot of kids, they don't get to play on a big stage, like, you know, making a state championship can be a, a huge deal. And there's a lot of nerves involved and things like that. But a lot of these kids have played on big stages because they play on these travel teams that go to Baltimore and New Jersey and Philly and different places that, you know, um, where, where they're exposed to playing really, really high level lacrosse. So yes, well, well, it's a it's a really important game and one you want to win. Um, I I don't think you're going to see sloppy bad lacrosse because of yeah. it. 
Well, that is the uh, the D2 game. Uh, f- again, 5 o'clock on Sunday, uh, right in the middle of the, the uh, our, our championship Sunday, Super Sunday, whatever you want to you want to call it. Um, and, of course, the first game of the day is the Division Three game uh, that starts at 2.30. And, uh, I mean, you know, we were, we were talking about looking for some upsets, and um, I guess this has got to be the biggest one uh, of the lacrosse season, looking at um, these D3 semifinals last night, or, excuse me, Wednesday night. You had uh, number one, an undefeated Campbell, uh, falling to number four, Laconia, 7-6. to six. Uh, in what must have been uh, a heck of a, a semifinal to watch, you know, from you know following it on on Twitter with <laughs> with Alex, um, you know, you get a scoreless game going into the the second quarter. Um, I don't think any of us would have guessed, um, you know, that that would have happened. Um, just I don't think outside I don't think outside of Laconia or Laconia's locker room did anyone think that uh, you know it, I, I think there was a possi- there was always a possibility of an upset but I don't think anyone saw that score coming and I don't think too many people uh, picked I think people thought maybe it could be a close game but I don't think anyone it, not too I didn't see too many people out there picking Laconia for the upset right, right. in this game and and I felt like every time I was checking it was like oh they're tied oh no Laconia's in fr- or uh, excuse me Campbell's in front by one or mm-hmm. two. Oh, they're tied again, and and then at the end it was just oh my I like, you know of course I'm I'm you know covering the the D two girls championship game so I you know post game stuff going on there and, um, yeah when I checked at the end I just I I was stunned, um, you know we're, we're talking about a Campbell team that was kind of similar to Portsmouth, um you know double digit goals pretty much every game, um they only allowed double digits one time this year. You know, so so really solid on both sides of the ball, and just um, you know, I, I think you 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 mentioned it when we were talking about zones with with Pinkerton um, in Division One, you know, about your guys, your teams when you moved up, um, seeing a little bit of more of that, and I imagine Campbell probably didn't see that too much at all this year, and from reports, it sounds like that's what Laconia was in. Laconia definitely threw definitely threw his own at him, um, you know, and it can be one of those things where you're just not. It, it, it definitely takes you out of your rhythm. It takes you out of your comfort zone. And then in a, in a playoff game, it's the added pressure of the, the winner go home where you, you start to almost doubt yourself. You don't want it. You don't want to pull the trigger or, or you, you start pulling the trigger a little too liberally when, when maybe, you know, that that's not the shot that you want to be given up and that's, or taking in that situation and making it too easy for the goalie. And then, you know, without having seen the game, you know, a lot of times what happens is you take a bad shot and all of a sudden the other team's able to get out and transition. And maybe they're not as good as six on six offense as you, but you're giving up transition goals now. And um, that that's that's the hard part about playing against the zone, too. And but but that's also why the team plays the zone. Right. Because they know right. that they don't necessarily match up six on six with you. So they've got to do something different. Yeah. Um, but, you know, before we move on from Campbell, I do want to, you know, uh, again, congratulate guys like Jack Nury on a great career. Brendan Boshi. Um, you know, guys that, uh, that have been a part of that program for a long time and help it to reach new heights. I know they're probably, you know, super disappointed that they, they didn't get to where they wanted to go and, and bring home the trophy, but, uh, to see where Campbell's gone from, um, you know, in their, in their relatively young, um, you know, programs life to now, um, you know, the future is still really bright. Um, they don't have a, they, they have a talented senior class, but it's not huge. They return a lot of guys, the program's strong. And, uh, you know, with, with Coach Knight at the helm, 
um, they will be in good shape for for years to come. Yeah, they lose they lose some guys that you're used to seeing in the box wars. You know, right? Like you mentioned those two, uh, Colby Carey, John Newell, um, uh, Tiernan Sullivan, uh, who turned into had a huge year for them as kind of that like middle of the field crease guy. Uh, Nick Harrigan, yep. who was solid on faceoffs for them. Um, you know, Eric Coates, who was you know gr- uh, great defensive player for them. Um, and and that was the thing looking looking through the scoring, um, you know that that was on on Twitter. You know, Nori had the first goal of the game, um, and that looks like it was it. Boshi, as far as I can tell, didn't score. Um, you know, so you had some of those secondary guys that had to step up, and um, I mean that's tough when you when you've got guys that you've been relying on um, all year to score goals, and they're they're not able to find ways to do it. Um, right. You know, and and give plenty of credit to to Laconia too. I mean. I'm sure, um, you know, they're, when they played in the regular season, um, Cam Harriman had a, a pretty solid game for, you know, for a goalie who gave up, you know, 12 goals, I think, in that game. Um, and, and I've been Im- impressed with him, you know, the, the couple times that I've seen him this year. He's, you know, I thought he would be pretty solid going into the year, maybe a little bit better than I expected. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's going to be, uh, I mean, great, great for them, and, and they're going to have a, a really – interesting final i think with hopkinton uh which of course won the other semifinal, uh being able to hold off plymouth there that and that one too was back and forth you had plymouth take the lead or i think early uh before hopkinton was able to come back yeah i mean it's uh it's two teams you know probably i i, I mean i think we had talked about um you know campbell and probably plymouth or laconia being there i think we were all kind of waiting to see what what hopkinton was able to do and you know, Coach Blue once again has done a great job of, of taking a group of guys that that lost some really good seniors last year and developing them into you know what looks like could be a championship team again this year. Yeah, I um, I, you know, going into the year, I think I said this the other day. Um, you know, kind of had a picture in my mind of who the top three were, and maybe thought that Trinity might be that four, just not really knowing a lot of Hopkinton's guys coming back, but. You know, they really stepped up this year. Um, you know, they had that bump at the end there against Lebanon, uh, losing that game. And, of course, they lost to, you know, lost to Campbell early in the year. But, um, you know, really solid, again, all the way around. And they got contributions from guys that, um, you know, uh, I think one that we talked about was, was Quinn Whitehead, who hadn't played lacrosse yep. for a couple of years, decides to come back. And, and I think he's been one of their top scorers on the year. Uh, you know, Ryan Brown and, and Aiden Burns. Uh, a couple guys that have have been. You knew there. those names. You yeah. knew those names coming into the right. season. Yep. yep. Um, Ethan Mulner, yeah, uh, midfield. And and um, they've they've been solid on faceoffs. Connor Tewksbury's done a, done a tremendous job for them there. Um, yeah. So looking at all around, this has been um, you know a sneaky solid Hopkinton team that uh, you know shame on us for uh, for maybe not counting them in. As a, well, uh, a potential I, I didn't know how good they were going to be on offense. I knew, uh, you know, Elijah Stanford, I got to see him play last year. Um, you know, he, he, he was going to be, I, I just, I knew he was going to be solid. He's a big kid, takes up space, makes really good saves. Um, you know, and I like, I like Hopkinton's overall midfield depth uh, versus and 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 their offensive scoring power versus Laconia and how they match up there. So, I'm that this could be this has potential to be a really good game too. We're going to get to see the end of it before uh, before the D two game yeah. takes off there. So that'll be fun. And uh, low scoring in the regular season too. They just played a couple weeks ago. Uh, Hopkinton won eight five, 
uh, on their home field. So that makes a difference, too, going to play on the turf at Exeter. Uh, big difference from playing in, in, in Hopkinton uh, on their field. True neutral side game for yeah. the two teams, too. Yeah. So, yeah, that should be a, a fun one. Um, you know, if Laconia, if Laconia is going to finish this thing off, who do you think, who do you think kind of steps up other than, you know, Cole Roy, the yeah. midfield, um, you know, other guys that you're expecting anything from, um, you know, if they're going to pull off this, we talked about Cam Harriman and net, um, you know, I, I, I believe I've seen things, you know, Tim Osovich as a midfielder, as a senior this year, um, other guys. Uh, well, I was going to, I mean, it's a little, a little cliche, but I was going to mention, uh, Osovich there. I mean, he's the guy when I've seen them been, been taking most of their face-offs, um, you know, and he's been a, a guy that's been able to, to score a little bit for them too. Um, you know, so I think he'll be huge. Him and, and we mentioned uh, Tewksbury for for Hopkinton. I think that's probably a key matchup there. Maybe two guys that that you know don't uh, we haven't you know talked a lot about over the year in terms of of their faceoff abilities. But I mean, I think that's whichever one of those guys can get can get it going. Uh, Carson Tucker um, has been a guy that um, I feel like has had some good games. Uh, again, when I've when I've been able to watch Laconia. Um, you know, would would expect to see him kind of in the mix. He's been, I think, I feel like he's kind of maybe their third option out after Roy and and, and Osvich. Um And then, as we mentioned, uh, Cam Harriman. Um, you know, he he's going to have to have a really big game, I think, um, to try to slow down. You know, any of uh, if they're going to have any chance, he's going to have to make some really big saves. Um, you know, at, at key times. Well, I, I, I definitely think it's going to be there's going to be three entertaining games going on on Sunday. Um, you know, hopefully it looks like the weather's good right now. And like we talked about, no excuse for people not to show up to these games. Um, you know, it's uh, I, I think that I'm sure there will be a live stream, but come on, it's more fun in person, right? Well, it, tailgate yeah, beforehand, you know, going to get some good crowds out there. It'll be a lot of fun. It's a live stream that's not always um dependable we'll say i was gonna say and it's not fnl so i think you yeah oh yeah right yeah yeah it's not if you're gonna yeah. pay for it why not show up live and in person right exactly yep yep yeah and you mentioned the weather um looking right now oh actually that changed a little bit we got uh 77 in exeter on sunday uh oh i don't like that at all increasing clouds with showers arriving sometime in the afternoon oh that's a change from when i looked or <laughs> looked this morning <laughs> Well, we still got a couple days here, so hopefully that changes again before we get there. Weather weather helps the underdogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> All right, any fine, any other final thoughts uh, on semis, championships? Uh, no, my big thing, Joe. You know, I didn't get to I didn't get to talk with you. Know, first of all, thanks to to Alex for stepping in. Uh, you know, earlier this week and and doing a great job there. But uh, you know, I just couldn't believe I'm watching these scores come in, and I'm like, all season long, we've talked about parity, upsets, all this stuff, and what happens? Basically, the chalk holds the entire <laughs> time. So, kind of funny, but uh, you know, crazy. You know, the the expect the unexpected, and this year the expected was the unexpected. Yeah. Exactly. If that made so, we did. Sense. In the end, we in the end we got the unexpected, like you yes. said. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Joe, it's been uh, it's been another great season. Um, you know, regardless of what happens on Sunday, super proud of my kids. We're going out there and trying and trying to get the W. But uh, it's been a pleasure working with you again this season, yeah. and uh, looking forward to wrapping up uh, the season over the next two podcasts after that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we will. Uh, we'll see you on Sunday. Definitely want to thank uh, want to thank our sponsors again, Roger Howe 
and Joe Pru of Prolax Customs there. He's uh, he's definitely helped uh, my guys out this season tremendously. Uh, our sticks are dialed in, and uh, again, you can't can't get can't have too many good uh, sticks in the quiver for the summer either. You know, you get out there on the tournament scene, you got to have them going right. So if you need it, get out and see Joe. Yeah, thanks to both of them. They've been a big help for us uh, this year. Um, and thanks to all of you out there for listening. Uh, we wouldn't uh, w- it wouldn't make much sense for us to do this if none of you were out there checking in uh, and listening to us. So appreciate everybody um, and, and appreciate everybody saying hi, uh, you know, during the season when, I, when I've been out at games. Um, you know, d- certainly appreciate it. Even if you want to, uh, you know, you, you know, poke some fun and, and rag on me for maybe some predictions we made or, or names we mispronounced or, or something. Uh, so yeah, love, love getting to see people when we're out and, uh, hopefully see a lot of you on Sunday. I think uh, you're pretty close, Joe. If you look back at your predictions from the beginning of the I, season, I, you know, I think you're, I was gonna I, w- I was gonna wait until we were done, but I think you're right. Uh, I, I I will I I've kind of been keeping track of it, uh, and in some of the in some cases I'm uh, I'm very close. Um. <laughs> I'd like to say we'll we'll that'll be part of the wrap up afterwards. We'll we'll go through your final four and final predictions and uh, see how close see how close you were again this season. Yes, absolutely. Well, we yeah we have I mean we kind of have to yeah. What do they say? They they call that they call that a tease in the radio business. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> All right. He is Dairyfield uh, Boys Lacrosse Coach Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks again. Anytime, Joe. And I am see Joe. You Sunday. Yes. See you on Sunday. See all of you on Sunday. Hopefully, I'm Joe Marcellina. We'll talk to you again next week.